All right, everyone. Welcome in. Uh, Blue Wire Hustle proudly presents the Blue and Orange Football Podcast. Um, I am your host, Jacob, over as Rochism13, joined as always by my co-host Isaac over at Isaac10G. And we're just going to jump right on into it tonight. Um, We are... Uh, what? Well, one, two, less two and a half days, I guess, because the tampering period begins at noon on Monday. We are two and a half days. Let's call it two and a half days. It's uh, it's almost 10 p.m. on a Friday night. Let's call it two and a half days away from uh, the legal tampering period. And, and really, free agency begins when the tampering period begins. I, you know, I don't. I know that it's not the deals and all that and all these trades that have happened. They don't become official until Wednesday. But I I don't think last year I noticed anything that happened on tampering period that did not then become official come Wednesday. So we got a lot, a lot to get into uh, tonight. So but first, I got to check in. How how are we doing over there in Giants land? It's not terrible. I mean, cap room and cap shapes is not exactly where I'd like it to be. Not as bad as what we anticipated. But with the release of Zyler, that alleviates some cap space. They're trying to they're in discussions with Albert Thomason, which would be a huge player to retain on the roster, right? However, Keeping him and keeping Leonard Williams will come with some hefty money. Um, there could be some restructuring done. However, our lovely GM <laughs> wow. is not a big fan of restructuring con- contracts. He likes to keep them flat and untouched. Two minutes. So, Took us less than two up? minutes for a shot less, at Dave Gettleman. Yeah, less than two minutes. This way, I'll probably have one for Adam Ingram at some point in time this evening. There it is. Um, but uh, you have Nate Solder coming back, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of the things that I've read is there's a potential for him to be placed at right tackle um, in the upcoming season, which is a position that he has not played for over a decade, right? Yeah. So with that, I think, logically thinking, there's room for a pay cut with Nate Solder. Yeah. That's what I would think. So, you know, moving over to that position, because that's where we really kind of need him, especially with new guys, um, restructure his contract, give him a little bit less money, that adds more money that we can use elsewhere and see what happens. I mean, I was reading a statistic actually earlier this evening, and that Guess what the average age of the Giants' offensive line is? Oh, um, wow. Uh, I think, if I remember this correctly, I remember having this conversation with you during the year that there was a lot of unprovenness, especially when Solder opted out on the line. So I feel like they got to be really young. Yeah. So, 22? Close. Very close. The average age is actually 23. Oh, that's that's great. Or the Giants line. Is that with Solder in it? No, that is not with Solder okay. in it right now. No, but I, so, I'll tell you what. The, the move to right tackle, if that's something that it does end up coming through, I think um, that's not, like, indicative of, like, I don't, I don't think it's a shot at Nate Solder, but I think it's important that 
if you believe, and I think you should believe that that uh, Andrew Thomas can be a franchise left tackle, you just don't mess with the rookie by moving him to right tackle and then back to left tackle potentially. So yeah, I like it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, the, the Giants have a have a young offensive line, right? Yeah. Um, and Shane Lemieux, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. Um, he's proven himself to be a decent player on the line. With that being said, I mean they also were playing in um, uh, Matt Peart, which was awful. I was watching a, a clip from him. There were three consecutive plays where he let up a sack. Three consecutive plays. And that's just something that you can't do. So I don't see him in the line next year. I see uh, Lemieux and a shoulder, Andrew Thomas, Will Hernandez, um, and those guys coming in. Now, there have been discussions of the Giants utilizing some free agency to go forward and try to snag a veteran right guard, potentially, um, which... I can see them doing that. That gives them a little bit more experience and a little bit more, I guess, wisdom on the offensive line. Um, but, you know, that remains to be seen. So things, are, things aren't bad in Giants land. Um, yeah. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of where are they going in free agency, what are they going to prioritize in free agency versus what are they going to prioritize in the draft. The draft, kind of from the things that I'm reading, could look completely different based on what we've been discussing the past several weeks on our podcast. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if the, the Giants reshift the focus in their draft and maybe take a tackle or an offensive lineman in the first round. Yeah, you just don't know. It's going to be an interesting uh, next couple of weeks to see what exactly transpires. Well, you know what? That actually kind of brings me into a point that I wanted to talk about, I think, as a whole uh, with what the way the NFL free agency is kind of uh, shaping up. And, I, and I'll start, that, start this by saying that uh, you talk about potentially adding a veteran guard. It feels like 15 starting guards have been cut, like on both sides of the line. Like, I don't know how well you've kept up with some of these. I, I know it's been a busy week for you uh, professionally and whatnot. And, and so I don't know how well you've kept up with all of the, it, it's also really super hard to keep up with all of these cuts and restructures <laughs> because they just seem to be coming really quick. But um, yeah, I think that um, it seems like I read somewhere, some, some Browns people were say, kind of making a joke that the Browns may be the only team that returns both of their starting guards just because everybody, I want to tell you right now, um, I think the Giants are posit if they want to add, especially at specifically at the guard and even at tackle, if they want to add, I mean, you look at Kansas City cutting both of their tackles, both of them, and, and, and Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher, they're no slouches. I mean, Eric Fisher, I'm not as high on him as some people are, but like, I think Mitchell Schwartz was a top five player in that Super Bowl that they won. Uh, so, you know, and I think he can, he was hurt this year, but you know, like people get hurt. It happens. So I think the giants are in a prime position because it feels like so many offensive linemen. And I wonder why, and I'm going to, and I, and I want to get your opinion on this as well. And I'll, and I'll, I'll state my, my opinion and stop beating around the, the boosh as it was. But, um, it feels really weird to me that the position that seems to, we knew, especially veterans, we knew that they were going to take a major hit 
on both guaranteed monies, salaries, because of the because of the cap. We knew that they were going to be the ones and we knew they were going to be the ones that were ultimately going to pay as the people that were going to get cut for teams to make it under the salary cap. Um, but to me, it seems awfully odd because it to me, if I had to pick a position group, it's that that at least from what I've seen that has taken the biggest hit, it seems to be offensive line. And I mean, me and you have said it a million times outside of quarterback offensive and defensive lines. If you don't have them, you're not winning a Super Bowl. So, like, I think it's just insane to think about that they are. Does it make any sense to you? Assuming that I'm correct, that it seems that these offensive linemen seem to be the ones more than any that are paying the price. Does that? It's just that that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I, I agree. The, the perception is definitely there that it feels like the offensive lines are taking the biggest uh, sacrifice. I guess. I mean, who would have thought Eric Fisher of all people? Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz on the same announcement. Yeah, like who would have thought? I mean, those are those are key players in your offensive line, and it's just <laughs> you know I'm sitting over. I've watched a team where there's no offensive line to protect your quarterback, right? Yeah. And the, the end result of that is not pleasant. It's not your quarterback can't do anything. The quarterback gets hurt. Quarterback loses confidence. There's a bunch of turnovers. You can't win games. Uh, you can't get anything rolling. You can't get momentum. It hurts. Behind the quarterback, honestly, in some cases, a lot of times ahead of the quarterback, your most important aspect of the team is your offensive line. Without that, you can't run. You can't throw. You can't do anything. And so you take a Super Bowl team and other teams in the league, and you cut these type of players. I mean, come on. Like, I mean, I don't care how good your quarterback is. Like that. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I I don't care how good your quarterback is. I, you know, I'll echo what you said. I do not care what how good your quarterback is. If he's running for his life, look at Patty Mahomes in the Super Bowl. He's the best quarterback in the league. Like, I know Brady is still up there, but Patty Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. He ran for, what was the stat? We talked about this. Did he ran for 97 yards. 400. That's yes. That's how many yards he ran behind the line of scrimmage. Before he threw the pass, yes. Yeah. 497 yards before he could throw the passes. Like, like, listen, as a guy whose team has to compete against Patty Mahomes and the Chiefs to get to the Super Bowl, I can't say that I had a bad week. Listen, the Browns have not been in the news. They released Adrian Claiborne. Uh, I'll say this about Adrian Claiborne. I thank you for the work that you did. I liked your signing last year. You're a great veteran presence. I'm sad to see him go. Uh, but you know, you got to make a little cap room and I think the cap room was made and the Browns are going to go after a top edge rusher. We'll get into that here towards the end of the show. I'll talk. I'm, I'm working towards, uh, my ultimate wish list. We'll get to that a little bit, uh, later on, but yeah, like, I don't know. I, I, the offensive line thing, it kind of, uh, other than those two, I don't know that a ton of cuts really surprised me because big names got cut, but you knew that these big contracts where guys didn't necessarily like these guys that had these $15 million deals, but maybe took a sit back this year. You knew those guys were getting cut just because of the salary cap. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the, yeah. But, but 
to your point, though, mm-hmm. the start of all of this is these guys really are the ones taking the hits mm-hmm. to keep some of the other pieces together. And I don't know. I'm not a GM, right? I'm not a player development guy. I'm a fan who likes watching football, right? Yeah. To me, and I'm sure to you and to a whole lot of other people out there, it just doesn't make sense to rob Peter to pay Paul, basically. My boss says that all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's... it'll be interesting to see how that really plays out in the upcoming season. Maybe they make some changes and they um, find good replacements, but some of those players, man, it's tough to find a replacement. I find it interesting for Kansas City because drafting at 31, I don't think you find a left tackle. So, um, I mean, you might might find a developmental tackle. Yeah, and what do you do? Pick one up in free agency. The best one in free agency is one of the ones you lost. The guy you just cut. It's like, yeah, it's it's crazy to me. Well, and I I get it from a certain standpoint. Like, it's it's more cost-effective to pay a rookie than it is to pay a former number one overall pick and then a former all-pro at right tackle. I get it, I guess, to an extent. But at the same time, I'm just like, like you said, you're, you're you're robbing Peter to pay Patrick Mahomes, and uh, and then Patrick Mahomes converts a ton of his salary into a signing bonus today and saves them like nineteen million on the cap. Yeah, like, and that's the thing. I mean, you can you can save money by get, cutting these guys. I get it. I really do. I understand it. But I've also been on the side of things where I've seen a team that's built with high money skill players and offensive weapons that without a good offensive line it was worthless i, I mean good look at eli's years with obj when eli was running for his life well i mean exactly look at the years when he had he had obj he had victor cruz he had all sorts of weapons evan ingram i mean it, even the year when they had OBJ, Saquon, Evan, Ingram, all of those guys. And guess what they didn't have? They didn't have an offensive line, and they couldn't do Jack. It was not so, a good year. <laughs> no, it, it was not. It, it, let's, let's be polite about it. Okay, so let's let's shift gears a little bit. Let's get um, a little bit more into – let's talk some free agency, man. Let's talk some Browns. Let's talk some Giants. Um, we ain't got a lot to a lot to talk on because uh, yeah, you had your Zeitler trade, um, the the tag of Lit- let's let's do let's go there. Let's talk about Leonard Williams. The biggest news from um, from the two of our sides uh, was the Leonard Williams tag. Um, I know we had a conversation about it offline here, but uh, how do you? I, I like the move um, because even if you don't get him long term, I think um, another year with him. You can potentially go and get a a, a second tier because I don't think they go edge rusher in the first round, but I think you can get a second tier guy to try to maybe like a Joseph Asai from Texas who I think needs a year or two to learn and maybe can learn a little something from Leonard Williams. So I like the move, but uh, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I don't dislike the move. Um, Leonard Williams, he had a good year. Uh, well, it was 11 and a half or 12 and a half sacks. I can't remember which one. He was 11 and a half, and you told me if it was 12, you would like him a lot more. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it was. 
Yeah, if you had 12, 12 sacks, I'd be a lot happier. <laughs> uh, no, I think it's a good. I think it's a good pickup. Um, it's it's the player we know right now. I mean, he's not the best in the league, and and we all know that, right? But on a contract year, he performed and he was impactful to the game. And I think the key to this was Dalvin Tomlinson. Yeah. Kind of goes us back to the first. Dalvin Tomlinson is a game record. He yes, is mm-hmm. really, really good. Um, out of the two, if we had to take a step back and you had to pick one and lose one, I'd pick Dalvin Tomlinson and I'd lose Leonard Williams every day of the week. Okay. But those guys feed off of each other, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't think without Leonard Williams, Dalvin Tomlinson may not be good as good in the interior and vice versa. I mean, they, they take players and take attention. But Leonard Williams had a good year. I, you know, we, we don't know the duration of the contract or how long he'll be there, but I do think that picking him up and putting that tag on him solidifies a little bit of time where, just like you said, if they use that opportunity to draft a young guy in the later rounds, they can use that and develop the player rather than throwing them right in and um, kind of ruining potential to players that we've seen in the past. So... I'm supportive of it right now. I hope that he can maintain his production as what he had this past year and not the year that we draft or um, signed him um, two years ago. But that remains to be seen. He's talented. He was healthy last year. If he that up and keeps the momentum rolling, I'll be happy. And who knows? Maybe he'll get 12 sacks. Maybe he'll get 13 sacks. Maybe he'll build off of last year, and we may start to see a glimmer of maybe this is a franchise defensive uh, defensive end or edge rusher. Absolutely. I mean, listen, you need two things, a quarterback and a guy that can wreak havoc on a quarterback. Uh, And and if you've got if you've got both of those and I and I and I like Daniel Jones uh, more. Listen, like I was mean to Daniel Jones in the beginning. Um, I think you told me like this is like so I'm taking you back to draft night, Daniel Jones. We're having a good Friday night. It's 10 p.m. Let's let's crack open a cold one and let's talk about old stories. Okay, so like this is a quick story and we'll move on. But like (laughs) I remember when they came sixth overall, correct? Yeah. Okay. so it was we're coming up on the pick. And I said something to you along the lines. I, I don't remember what I said, but I remember you saying, well, you know, here's Gettleman's chance to redeem himself. And I don't know what I said as the buildup or anything like that. I just remember you saying, here's Gettleman's chance to redeem himself. And I immediately said, nope. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And you were like, oh. Oh, yeah, you were like, oh, oh, and you know, and, and we're not going to get into that sort of thing. We don't have to talk about that. It's just a side little note that I, I was just thinking of. Um, yeah, it, it was a lot of probably cussing? not so professional. Yeah, we're not going to talk. Well, this uh, is a family show. Followed by, you know, some exclamation points and probably a big rant after the pick. And it was just one of those things that, like, you know that process when you go through and you're really angry and you're upset over, like, the news break on your sports team. And then you start Every back a little bit, and then you start justifying it, and you start looking for the pros in it because you're a fan and you don't want it to be for nothing. And so I go from, like, really upset to, like, well, he's a lot like Eli, and, you know, 
this and I'm justifying it. And yeah, that's what that night was. It was a lot of disappointment and a lot of justification trying to cope with my disappointment. And yeah, I think we've all been there. I, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll one up you and I'll say it'll never beat um, 2017, the 2017 NFL draft. Um, the Browns were on the clock with the second pick. And any Browns fan that's listening right now knows where I'm about to go. And I'm sitting, I was in uh, Fort Sill, Oklahoma. We were doing pre-mob training uh, for my deployment to Afghanistan. And um we were watching it on if anybody knows what a games box is like hit me up because like that's what we were watching it on and so like a game box is like a heavy duty case to carry like your playstation or xbox in that also has a built-in 19 inch hd tv into it so it's like an hd tv with a otter box on it Nice. So, so we used it, I, you know, you can basically carry it around and, you know, you, you still needed an outlet and stuff and things like that, but that's what we all had them when, when we deployed. And uh, so we're watching this on the, on there and here comes the Browns. They did not use a, uh, the first round pick on a quarterback, um, which was great because I think we remember who 2017th number one overall pick is. Interestingly enough, the 2017 number one overall pick is the longest tenured number one overall pick still with his original team. Everybody else, 2016 up to like 2010, is either out of the league or not with their first team, and that would be Miles Garrett. Um, so that's an interesting – that was something that popped up on the timeline this week. But anyway, we come up here and I say, man, you know what? Uh, I will punch myself in the face if the Browns select Deshaun Kaiser. And uh, I had to punch myself in in the face in front of everybody. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You won up to me there. I, I, got, I got you. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Can we like like maybe maybe when we get into the summer when we've got an opportunity where we don't have quite as much to talk about, I will get into some 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 really sad stories of the twenty seventeen. <laughs> Oh, and 16 campaign. Maybe we'll talk about one in 31 a there little bit go. more. I don't really want to. I'm depressed. Anyway, so <laughs> let's 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 cheer up on this Friday night. Okay. So um, I've got something to get off my chest. I told you about this pregame. I warned you about this uh, pre-recording. I will warn everybody. We are looking right now, we're approaching the 23-minute mark of this podcast. Um, I do this very often. I tell Isaac he I get to give me a certain amount of time, and he will cut me off when we get there. So we are hitting and we are hitting twenty three minutes right now. So give me fifteen seconds to explain, and then start a five minute timer. And, and so you guys can skip for five minutes right now if you don't want to hear me rant about Odell Beckham, because that's where we're going, and it's not about Odell Beckham. It's about you, Dales. All right. My five minutes starts now. Now listen to me. Listen very closely. um, I do not want to hear any more Odell Beckham slander. I don't. And I'm not saying that people that slander him don't have a point. I want to say this. I want to say this. Um... 
right now nothing's going on and i get it we're we're pulling for stories we're looking for things we're trying to get clicks we're we're in the content create me and isaac are in the content creating business as well so i get that aspect of it odell beckham jr to me when healthy talent wise is a top 10 receiver period we're talking about talent. I'm not talking about system fit, and I'm not talking about the chemistry issues if there are or aren't with Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, we talked about this with Nick Carnes a couple of weeks ago, and I think it was pretty unanimous that at least down the stretch anyway, Baker Mayfield is a top not top 10 quarterback. He was not a top 10 quarterback at any point with Odell Beckham on the field. That was not Odell Beckham's fault. That was first Freddie Kitchen's fault which in turn was also John Dorsey's fault for the Freddie Kitchens failed experiment. We didn't have an offseason, people. We didn't have real training camp. We didn't have preseason. We didn't have that crap. When Baker finally came into his own, I think it just so happened to coincide with Odell's injury. I don't think it was because of Odell's injury. I want that Baker Mayfield, that Baker Mayfield that we knew was in there and that we saw and that we love and that we believe can take us to a championship. I want him to play with a healthy Odell Beckham. The Freddie Kitchens season, he had a hernia. Guys, today I got a COVID shot and I've been crying all day about it, but that man played with a hernia and got a thousand yards. That just shows the the talent of Odell Beckham. The Browns are not trading Odell Beckham. It makes zero sense to trade Odell Beckham. I told Isaac about this. If anything happens, it makes more sense once he balls out to trade him in, in the season or after the season. I don't want either of those to happen. I want him and Jarvis's cap hits to go down because two receivers making $30 million against the cap is stupid. If you want to have a legitimate conversation about Odell Beckham, Without name-calling and without ignorance, we can have it. But the ones I see on the internet are stupid. He is insanely talented. He will be playing for the Cleveland Browns. So talking about trading him, you're wasting your time. It is not the right move for anyone involved. We want You should want Odell Beckham next season. We will have Odell Beckham. And the Browns, I, like, I'm not going to give you a – the Browns are going to win a lot of football games. That's all I'm going to tell you. My rant's done. I'm done. Time to spare. I didn't yell either. No. I'm surprised. Clear, concise, to the point. I like it. I'm really surprised. <laughs> is that bad to like dog <laughs> like dog on myself like hey i didn't yell and i got like a minute and a half to spare no 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 it's good okay let's 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 talk free agency okay so we just got a little bit left uh of the show i just want to talk about we talk about our wish lists um I like a lot of players in the draft and I'll, or not in the draft. Well, in the draft too. Yeah. But in free agency, I'm really excited about a lot of potential opportunities uh, to get better. Uh, you talk about, I, and I like what you brought up about uh, uh, retaining people, retaining important pieces 
especially on your defensive line, because those are, I mean, those are your top two dogs on the defensive line. Um, and the top two dogs on defense outside of James Bradbury, but um, and maybe Blake Bartinez because he's pretty awesome too. Um, for you, at positions, give me and, – and this can be like depth pieces too. So give me your top three things they need to do in free agency, like, like sign a nickel corner, sign a pass rusher, like whatever it is. And then to me, give me your top two guys. Like give me two guys – the th- top three positions that you think they – if they can address before the draft – We'll put them in a position to play winning football this year. And then just give me two guys that you just be like just ecstatic and you would cheer when, when you heard those announcements. Um, and they can even be retaining people. Uh, I guess ideally I'd like to see, I'd like to see Dalvin Thomas on Kent. Uh, but I won't use that as more of my two. So I'd like to see Kenny Dahl Galladay signed. Who, buddy? That'd be awesome. That, I think that would be. How they let him go? Are you serious? Yeah, I I have no idea. I mean, that dude is ridiculous. I mean, ranked fourth. I mean, come on. Um, I'd like to see Kenny Holiday get signed. That would help us tremendously, tremendously on the offensive uh, um, front. What that would also do is that would alleviate us to not have to use a draft pick so high on a wide receiver because the draft this year is loaded with other wide receivers. We could, yes. you know, pick some uh, offensive line help on the, the top end of the draft potentially, um, and then we could wait until the second or third round to get uh, a receiver. Another person that I would like to see is, this is going to be crazy, but uh, and probably not even possible, but some of the... Uh, I guess best case scenario is maybe a little bit of help on cornerback side, the defensive back side of the ball. Okay. And a name that is not likely by any means. Okay. But it would be splendid mm-hmm. if we managed to sign like Malcolm Butler or things like that to place alongside of uh, James Bradbury. Isaac Gatum and uh, those guys proved to to get a starting role last year. However, you also saw those starters get burned time and time and time after uh, after each other. So, Malcolm Butler's not going to happen. We all know this. But if we could find some sort of veteran and still has some juice left in the tank to go alongside of James Bradbury as a number two, that would be phenomenal. I mean, you could even look at potentially um, – he's probably not what he once was, but Patrick Peterson's out there. I mean – He's a vet and he knows what he's doing. Well, and, you, and I think you alluded to it really well there when you talked about James Bradbury being on the other side. Um, right. We I've talked about it with you a million times when it comes to, like, defensive end. You're not coming there to be the guy. Like, Malcolm Butler got let out of his contract post, mainly because of the size – of that contract, he's not getting that money anywhere else. It's just not there right now. So I can see him making his way uh, uh, to East Rutherford. Wow. Okay. Yeah. No more hard words for me this evening. Okay. Rutherford's not even that hard of a word, dude. Like, you know, it can be, though. <laughs> it was just now. Um, 
I like really what you said there about the wide receiver. Um, I really like what you said about this because it is this class is loaded with talent. And if you're able to potentially even if the Giants maybe move back and acquire more picks or something, because maybe they think they could get a tackle. uh, I mean, I like a lot of there's there's a lot of good offensive linemen uh, prospects, but not. You know, outside of, you know, of course, Penny Sewell at the top, you know, there's kind of a drop off. So and the Giants are sitting there at 12, but taking the pressure of not having to take a skill or it gives them the opportunity to take Kyle Pitts. I'm just saying. Can I give you let me let me throw something at you real quick, like something stupid. Like, let me say Kenny Gallup, Kenny Galladay, um, Kyle Pitts, uh, not that bum Evan Ingram. Um, See? I took care of that shot for you. Couldn't catch a cold. The unfortunate thing is the Giants have come out and say that they like Evan Ingram. Oh, Jesus. But, well, let me say this. Kyle Pitts, Evan Ingram, Kenny Galladay, Saquon Barkley, Danny Dimes. uh, I'll I'll bring back Sterling Shepard. I don't know what his contract situation is, but uh, I I mean, I'm – Dar- oh, Darius Slayton. Wow, how did I forget about my boy, Darius Slayton? That's the thing, like, not to, just real quick. Yeah. If they got in a stud wide receiver, I bet you anything Darius Slayton has a comeback here. I'm just saying. Hey, yeah, if Kenny Galladay's on the other side, I'd have a comeback here. Yeah, no, for sure. No, I'd be I'd be broken in half. Don't I, don't give me false hopes. I burn guys, and I like I run like a twenty second forty yard dash. So hey, I'm telling you what, with without the combine and pro days being run by like players, I never realized this might be the fastest class of players ever. Everybody runs a four three now. Did you notice that? Yeah, right. What are they putting in the water these days, my friend? Um. So, what is going on? I'm like trying to. I'm trying to keep my Twitter timeline um, updated as we're going along because I just want to like, you know, check what's, if anything pops up, of course, nothing pops up. I guarantee we'll get off here. When uh, we got, we got done recording and then Lev Bell signed with the chiefs. It was like, (laughs) something, something's happening tonight. That's all I know. I know there's a, um, okay, so I'll do the Browns real quick. Like, okay, so I sat here earlier this week and tweeted that if I'm the Browns, I am calling Carl Lawson and Tack McKinley. Um, and I still stand by – listen, a defensive – for me, the Browns need to get a defensive end and a nickel corner and maybe a safety. Um, I say maybe a safety because, like, I'm suddenly in love with Trevon Morig uh, at the safety out of uh, TCU. And the OBR did their live um, yesterday, and they actually traded back to 42nd with the uh, New York football giants. They traded the tw- the 26th pick and went back to 46, and the giants gave them uh, 42 and a third-round pick to move up to 26. Um, and I was like, yeah, I would take that trade because they get an extra three, and then we have three threes. And so in that situation, Trevon Morig was was still there. And I'm like, oh, 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 my God. But yeah, go get a nickel corner and an edge rusher if you're the Cleveland Browns and Brashad Perriman. Please bring me Brashad Perriman. I will pound on that drum until we get Brashad Perriman or he goes somewhere else. And if it's the Baltimore Ravens, so help me God. 
Of course, that's where he was drafted. I don't think he'd ever go back there because they, you know, pooped on him. Receivers don't, they go to die in Baltimore. It's like they have a running back for a quarter. It's like they have a, it's like they have a running back for quarterback. Okay. All right. That was just said poke because it's fun. I'm not serious, but maybe I am. So anyway, um, the Browns can get a, a defensive end and, and I think, ta- I think two defensive ends uh, because they need depth. And then I think they'll also draft one in the first, uh, uh, in the first three rounds. Um, but I would really, really love to steal Mike Hilton from the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers at nickel corner because he can play both positions. He can bounce outside um, and he can play inside. And it, like rookies do not statistically play well in the slot at corner. They just don't. I mean, there's, it's just such a hard position to transition to. We, we do not want to play that game with a rookie we can get a rookie on the outside. That would be fine. Greedy Williams says he's good to go. I'm super ecstatic. I hope the young man, all the best of health. I hope Grant Delpit comes back super jazzed. I would love to get Joe John, uh, Johnson the third from, from the Rams at safety. I just don't think they could pay that price tag. So I've been swayed by Brown's, uh, Brown's podcast this week, and I've decided that the top defensive end that I want is Romeo Okora. Uh, from the Detroit uh, Lions, mainly because I think he's a little bit cheaper and he does everything the Browns want him to do. He can play on both sides of the line. He's got the ability to play pretty well in the run, and it helps. The The important part is to maintain the flexibility of playing Miles Garrett wherever he wants to play. Um. And, and, and so getting a guy like Romeo Cora would let you continue to have that. And Mike Hilton uh, or Troy Hill. I love Troy Hill. And if you can find a way to get Trey Boston to Cleveland to play safety, now all of a sudden I'm just ranting about all these awesome players. There's so many good players at so many positions, at so many levels of pay this year. Um, a ton of people are going to sign one-year deals. This is a ton of bet on me years. Oh my God. Von Miller just posted another picture on Instagram with, with Odell Beckham. Looks like we're getting Von Miller. That's what, that's what, that's what this time of year is about, man. I, I, I love the last couple days before free agency because we just, Hey, did you see this guy just unfollowed the team or he just started following the Browns or <laughs> It's silly season. That's what Stefanski said last year. It's silly season. I'm having way too much fun in silly season. So, yeah, man, give me a defensive end. Get me a nickel corner. Get me some depth at safety. And and, and get Grant Delpit back and get me Bashad Perriman. And let's run it back. Let's run it back. So, well, you know, um, I think that's that's it for our free agency period. Uh a show um, as always follow us on, on twitter at rochism 13 and isaac 10 g send us a dm uh, we're now a part of blue wire hustle we got some awesome customized artwork and we now look legit even though we're just a couple of idiots yelling at a microphone but uh, well i'm an idiot he's smarter than i am but anyway so we're um we'll be back after free agency kicks off uh it's going to be a flirt guys buckle Hold on to your butts because it is about to get crazy. So last words, Isaac, what do you got? Tampering begins on Monday. Ah. Enjoy the weekend. 
Monday is going to get real. Wednesday is going to be a good show. Just wait. I'll, I'll build off of I'll build off of get ready. Hydrate, guys. Hydrate because we're going to need it. Hydrate and stretch. Hydrate and stretch. All right, guys. We will see you next week. Uh, let the fun times roll.